0: Hello and welcome to Enterprise Endpoint Experts podcast, E cubed, as we like to call it. I'm your host Phil Burnett, and our guest today is Johan Arvidmark.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. Good afternoon. So um, let's just jump right in with a question that's on my mind. Is we see you in the community, the configuration manager deployment community, as this speaker uh, and trainer and sort of expert, but you have a real job with a real title, right? So what's what's the company and what's your title and and what do you actually do?
1: Well, I'm the CTO of Mm TrueSec and I also have a consulting role. So about 50% of my time, I've been able to do implementation jobs with customers. So I basically travel around all the globe, this Mm -hmm. planet of ours, and and doing implementations. And the rest of my time, I do trainings, do uh, presentations like this week here at MMS mm-hmm. and uh, on the side I also have a publishing company uh, publishing course and books and trainings ah <laughs> uh,
0: yes I'm gonna so ask you some more about that later
1: keeping keep busy <laughs> yeah
0: I can imagine so so that's a pretty good mix you're spending about half your time out in the field versus just because if, if all you did was study in labs and train and try to read like you gohan's blog you couldn't because it, it wouldn't be there exactly <laughs> I mean you, you need to feel the pain and a lot of the articles I have on my blog they mm-hmm. come directly
1: from things I've been stumping my head on, and it's it right, right, spending hours and hours trying to fix, and then you finally find a solution. It's like, all right,
0: yeah, that <coughs> makes total sense. So, I understand you played American football in the Swedish American Football League.
1: I, I did, I started off, uh, I was almost turning 16 and mm-hmm. I found out we had a local team yeah, so I yeah. decided to join them mm-hmm. um, I was playing wi- uh, wide receiver and running back uh, wide receiver and cornerback back then okay so uh, you're fast i was fast and it helps having big people chasing you it's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure it does yeah
1: and it took a while for us to, also to even get grass to play on so our first practice field was actually a parking
0: lot with oh really yeah and you were playing tackle football
1: yeah you guys are tough Oh, that was that was no fun <laughs> it was only for for a few months, but it was like then we got the grass and it was like yeah.
0: Yeah, that seems like a welcome addition. Yeah, it was not a great
1: field, it was leaning, it was on rabbit holes, but still it was grass. It was like amazing. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's an improvement (laughs) over pavement. Yeah. So so you did that for about uh, five and a half years, and while you're doing that, you also got into technology at a pretty young age, right? Yeah, when I was
1: in high school, I got the uh, opportunity to start working for a local computer shop. So I went there a few hours. after school and help them assemble computers.
0: Okay, and that was like a paid job that you weren't what? just no, there no. like, let me play with your computers. No, no, that was <laughs> like, and,
1: and basically everything that I earned went into to
0: buying computer gears. Right, (laughs) right. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I I went through a long phase like that myself. (laughs) So, then you kind of moved into deployment and became a sort of deployment person professionally. So, looking at your early career, what were you doing and when did you start getting into deployment of systems?
1: Well, it was actually back into that small computer shop. Oh, really? A few people working Mm -hmm. there we deployed dos 3.3 copy to floppy is done you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah then eventually we upgraded had a network file server right yeah to dot something <laughs> so we could download <laughs> over the network mm-hmm. uh, they, they set up and then eventually windows came along early yeah. versions of windows 2 and 3
0: right and right it's,
1: it's been like that ever since i always enjoyed uh, automation and and
0: so you've been you've been doing that process from the very start
1: yeah. Okay. My entire life has been deployment one way or another. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. And you started writing books at some point, right? So, what um, what was your first book that you wrote?
1: It was a Windows 7 uh-huh. deployment book back in, well, about seven years from now, back in 2010.
0: Back in 2010, okay. Yeah. And so, what mo- mo- motivated you to write a book?
1: Well, something I always had on my bucket list to do, uh-huh. and also we, we uh, I, I work a lot with a guy um, called Michael Nystrom, who's the co-author of that first book. Yeah, yeah. And we, we we couldn't find good checklists out there and good you know guides to follow through for companies that wanted to, in this case, doing implementations of Windows 10 mm-hmm. or migrate to Windows Seven, yeah. I mean, not 10. Right, um, right. So that, that's why we. Decided
0: so you on. decided to sort of take. You'd been giving trainings, and you kind of took some of the, yeah. the lessons and, and structure you had, and wrote a book. Yeah. So um, stuff around it, of course. But yeah. So as I understand it, you would go on vacation and um, leave everybody that went with you. Uh, to go do whatever they did while you two drank rum and, and wrote books, is that right? That's
1: a pretty accurate description of the, the offering <laughs> process.
0: <laughs> I believe that's pretty much what Hemingway did as well. So. Yeah, but he also <laughs> lived in Key West. So. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so how <coughs> so how do you decide what goes into it? Is is strictly based on I mean, writing your first one? You must have had a lot to learn about being an author.
1: Oh yeah, uh, we first came up with a very good idea. We thought uh-huh. that well, we are pretty good in English. We speak English both of us. Mm-hmm. We don't need an editor. Uh. <laughs> <was wrong. laughs> ah, yeah, so that was wrong. Yeah, I can see that. So that was a big right. learning, right. obviously. Yeah. But it, it, it all came down to stuff we always did at customer sites that that we thought, people probably don't know this. Uh, so that's what we wanted to, to put into the book.
0: OK, yeah. OK, yeah. So let's talk about, you, know, you talked about putting all of your money into computer equipment yeah. when you were uh, in high school. So now that you are this full-fledged adult who has options, you, you have many labs, as I understand it. I um. want to understand your lab setup at home, and I want to know your laptop, like all the details of your laptop. Laptops, uh, yeah. Laptops. <laughs> uh, so here's the deal, uh,
1: one of the nice things about being part of a uh, few organizations is that we have an entire data center mm-hmm. with a, lab o- uh, a lot of lab equipment also. Yeah, so yeah. we have 70-some blade servers we can use for oh, really? testing. Oh really? Wow. Oh uh, I have probably 20-some uh, machines at home. Uh-huh, uh, okay. Also for lab and testing research, uh, right, but my main right. demo laptop when I'm doing uh, speaking engagements and or classes yeah. is a really powerful workstation laptop with a ton of uh, SSDs in it, uh, almost 6 terabytes of SSDs. 6 terabytes of SSDs, uh, yeah. 64 gigs of RAM okay. and it's a Xeon processor. Uh, not the absolute latest, but it was the latest one a year ago when I bought it. Okay. And I, I remember my manager was like, when I sent him the spec and said, all right, this is what I need, <coughs> he like <coughs> swallowed hard, <laughs> and, and uh, all right then.
0: But he I ponied up, he let you get it. Yeah, and then, he, yeah. then I
1: told him the rest of the store, I need two, <laughs> so he almost when died. going <laughs> to do it, yeah, yeah. But it, he's, yeah, it, it helps, and, and one of the key messages I, I say all the time, These days as a technician, as an IT pro, you need to have a good lab environment because there is so much stuff going on all the time.
0: Yeah, that you, that absolutely. you need to keep up with and y- y- you yeah. can't
1: test everything in production, it's just not doable.
0: Right, so you have you have both. You have the the big massive data center yeah. that you can tap into and run yeah. things on and yeah. then you also have the, just a mobile complete lab yes. with yes. as many VMs as yeah. you need to yeah. run.
1: Yeah, I mean on that kind of hardware I can typically run 25 VMs at the same time without okay getting too sluggish.
0: Okay, so for most scenarios, (laughs) for for 99, well, I'm not going to guess the percentage, but for most scenarios, that's good. good. Now you do a lot of speaking, and I'm wondering what was your very first speaking engagement, and were you scared, were you nervous? Oh, I almost died. Uh, I was super
1: nervous. It was back in uh, 1996. Uh-huh. I did a presentation of uh, MT4. Yeah. Uh, worked for a local computer company then, uh, also s- consulting company. Uh-huh. And maybe 40 people in the audience, and I remember they having a podium, and I basically did like this, and I stood <laughs> like that for 40 minutes doing the presentation. Wow. Uh, apparently it worked well.
0: Okay, good, but good.
1: Uh, yeah, that was my first one. Okay. Uh, then I did local things and then my first big one was in Copenhagen for it was called IT Forum then Mm -hmm. it became TechEd eventually. Okay okay Um, a Microsoft event. Yeah but that that was my first big big thing.
0: And so did you get better at speaking just by doing it or did you uh did you like get training or read books on how to be a good speaker? I've been reading a ton of books and also
1: get formal speaker coach training Okay, so this is
0: through Microsoft?
1: Sometimes, and also third-party vendors coming in, okay. doing the same thing. So okay, yeah.
0: right, right. What would you say you learned? Like, what I know you can't give us a full how to be a, a public speaker course right now, but like you could probably boil down some things that you, some bad habits you got over or some important guidelines that you learned.
1: It's basically the biggest learning, I would say, over all the years uh-huh. is don't be afraid to take pauses. Like now, I'm doing a pause, yeah, one, yeah. two seconds. Right. People won't notice. Ah. And it gives you time to think about what to say next. And it also gives you time to not start saying those uh, 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 type of words that is so easy to do when you start to do presentations.
0: Ah, that's good. So I like that. Instead of just
1: being quiet, you would try to say something to make it like you're on top of things. But people don't notice if you take a break. They, they don't.
0: Uh, that's good to know, because I say so when I s- would like to fill that space. Maybe if I just feel more comfortable with pauses. This is good. OK, what else you got? <laughs> Obviously, coming somewhat prepared
1: helps. Right, Making right, sure your right. demos yeah, work and absolutely. you have your slide decks running. Uh-huh. And absolutely never ever just read out slides. I've seen terrible, terrible slides oh, over really? the years. And speakers basically reading out loud what's on the slide.
0: That does seem like the worst thing you can do is yeah. literally read what's on the
1: slide. Yeah. Yeah, one of the speaker coaches I went through over the years, I met him probably six or seven times now. Uh-huh. He actually has up on YouTube uh, two different, or a two-part series on avoiding death by PowerPoint. So tips uh-huh. and tricks around presentation skills, and he's, he's really good with that. So.
0: Nice, nice. Okay, one of your companies is DeploymentArtist.com, or the company's name is Deployment Artist. The website is DeploymentArtist.com. Uh, why, did you, why did you name it that, and what kinds of names did you think of?
1: Well, I, I first thought about. I actually res- registered a domain back in the day. It was back in the days. was named "Contributing is Everything," mm-hmm. because sharing to community was has been a big thing for me all my entire life. Right, right. So I, I thought about maybe something like that. Okay. And then I came to think about a, a session I've done, the Art of Windows Deployment, and I figured, wait a minute, I can use that. So you I can do that.
0: Yeah, Deployment Artist I think is nicer. Contributing is Everything is pretty clunky. But I bet that the domain it's was free. It's <laughs> difficult to tie to
1: business also. So it's like, ah, uh, maybe not. So. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> if people are in business,
0: they're like, I want to contribute but in a way that funds my business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes sense. And now that's one of your companies, right? So you have uh, other companies that you're yeah, in.
1: Yeah, I'm part-time owner of, of Trusik here in the US. and uh-huh. also back uh, home in Sweden as well. Okay. So I, I, I'm keeping busy that
0: way. Okay, nice. And you blog on deployment research. So when you started blogging, how? Wh- when did you start blogging? I guess would be my first question.
1: Don't remember my exact first blog, but I, I remember starting contributing to community back in 1994 uh-huh. uh, for the Usenet forums and things. Okay. Uh, I had a side hobby back then. I was doing 3D rendering.
0: Oh, you okay? And yeah. I still
1: do that from time to time because nice. that's how I've been doing some of the book covers for our books. Oh, really? But that's oh, like. Awesome. Three times a year, maybe, it tops. Okay, But anyway, um, I've been answering questions in forums um, since then. And then I had a few uh, user groups, uh, user forums I ran myself Mm -hmm. uh, in the Nordics. And then I started to do technet forums for a while. And then eventually this one. Well, I actually had one in between. Uh, (laughs) It's still up. It's, Its name is Deploy Vista. Okay, I, I really thought that Vista would like be the thing, and it that was going to
0: be it. You got the you got the deploy Vista domain. Yeah, it doesn't turn out very well. Not so. a lot of money offers for that, I imagine. No, no, no. Yeah. So
1: but I still get a ton of reads on it. I try to shut really? it down, and I get. Thousands of complaints, like, don't, I need this article. <laughs> like, okay, I leave it up as an archive. You know. That's awesome, yeah. Uh, and then I decided to have a name that was independent of Windows version.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seemed like a good choice.
1: So that's why Deployment Research came to be.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so now it's very popular. You're getting over a million, yeah. uh, over a million hits a year, as yes, I understand yeah, it. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. So deploymentresearch.com for all the latest on deployment research. And I think that's everything we wanted to cover today. Johan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks.